0: Are you challenging me? Hello there and welcome back to Strength For Tomorrow Radio. I'm Stuart Thompson. I basically just wanted to do a show today to let you know that I'm still alive, I'm still here. And I haven't gone away. I haven't given up. And uh, yeah, here we are. Almost. Oh, actually, this is the first of April. April Fool's Day. You can't play any pranks out because this is after five o'clock. Was it twelve o'clock's The cut off is not right. Anyway, yeah, loads has happened in the last few weeks since I was last on. And um, sorry for the really avid listeners of the show that it has been hasn't been a show for the last two or three weeks, maybe a month now. It's been a while, but so much stuff has happened so both in the gym in the world in case you didn't hear Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face live TV and Russia has invaded Ukraine don't know if that had happened before. there's just all sorts of mental stuff happening what else was there yeah just craziness on a daily basis Um, the weather has been incredible it was summer and then it was uh, winter it's still kind of winter again doesn't really know what to be doing I definitely know which one I preferred I um, had a the car there this morning and yesterday morning which wasn't cool but um, what's happened here so it's just been really busy so we have the open gym up and running so you can come in and train yourself um, whenever you want outside of personal training time slots and class time slots so that's anytime from 5am till 11pm just want to get a wee plug in but we're really busy getting that up and running getting people in, getting people signed up Answering emails, answering calls, um, yeah, just getting people all of the information that is relevant to them with, regarding this. And we've had a great response. Um, had a nice influx of members. Great to see the gym being used outside of those hours and the equipment's being used. And yeah, if you if you're interested in doing that, if you are currently a client or if you just live in the local area, and I mean, you want you want to space the training. Maybe in the evening time, sort of from 8 o'clock onwards. Maybe you want to get a lunch hour session in. Maybe you want to come in really, really early. Or maybe you just like training on weekends. We have 84 slots available. At least it was 84 the last time I checked. My maths isn't great, but I think it's 84. So many slots to choose from. And you just book in online. And away you go. So it's re- working really well. Especially if you're, for even uh, clients like one-to-one clients. Or semi-private clients who maybe are getting in one or two sessions per week Now... All of those things are obviously going to be limited based upon my schedule, based upon their schedule, family, work, all of that stuff. But this is a great, great option to get an extra session in because we know it is the consistency that gets you results from the gym. It's not just doing a workout once every two weeks or once a month, um, ticking a box. Now, it can be great for mental health reasons, but you probably need to do it more often than that. So yeah, we had an open day a couple of weeks ago, and then accountant said, "Sure, you need to get your books in. So... I've been working hard trying to get all my accounts together for the accountant um trying to hunt down receipts you know the crack like every time if i'm like yeah i'm gonna put my receipts here i'm gonna put all these invoices here it's a nightmare organization when it comes to all that stuff is not my strong point and um yeah it's 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 not fun it's the least fun part of this job for sure so all that has been happening so we finally got my head above water so i thought i would do a show today and what we're going to talk about is motivation versus discipline what is the difference which one is more important and when is it more important we're going to delve into all sorts of aspects of that and yes uh, yeah see how it goes and no real aspirations of how long this is going to last so we'll see how it goes so what is motivation it's now april and uh, you might have made some New Year's resolutions. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you think it's sort of nonsense, but lots of people do. And a lot of the time, people associate motivation with change, with doing something new, with doing something they don't want to do, with doing something they don't like to do, and what what is the the rationale behind that? Even like gyms, like personal trainers, all of those sort of lifestyle things. They, a lot of the time, we up motivational quotes, we put up motivational advertisements, trying to motivate people. And it's an interesting concept, motivation. I mean, we all have certain motivations. Even if we don't think about it, there are motivations for doing certain things. And unless we kind of get to the heart of what those motivations are, we can kind of just do them on autopilot. A lot of the time we don't really think about it. Some people will motivate themselves by giving themselves some sort of a reward so if you do so many workouts in a month you get to go out for dinner or you do a workout in the morning you get to have a treat later on in the day I'm not going to say whether there's a good or bad motivations whether those are healthy or not or whether they're positive but they are they can be defined as motivations for sure but sometimes even just getting off the couch take, does that take motivation or does that just take you got to do it um I guess personally, I I don't really, I don't really understand motivation that well, which is kind of funny that I'm talking about it. But I kind of understand it from other people's perspectives. Whenever I was, whenever I was younger, and I was trying to either you know get a bit leaner, as everybody does for the summer, right? Whenever, especially when you're younger, you want to try and get a bit leaner for the summer. I would set myself a target, so I'd want to be whatever percent this body fat. I want to be whatever whatever, um. Weight on the scales. If I wanted to put on muscle, I was going to try and set myself a target, and I would motivate myself. But I wouldn't do it in the ways you know. You hear all sorts of ways there's people will put up posters like, "Oh, someone says you're fitness hero, and you want to become like them. You want to look like them." I didn't really do anything like that. I just always knew in my head I wanted to put on muscle. I wanted to get bigger, and I wanted. I had I had a goal of fifteen stone, and I wanted to get to that. Now staying at fifteen stone. Is the challenge nowadays but whenever I was 18 or 21 it was just a little bit harder to put on weight to put on muscle whereas now it's just a little bit harder to keep the weight off especially body fat but it's just because lifestyle changes right everyone goes through those lifestyle changes but does motivation have to be the driving force does it have to be the reason behind all of your actions behind all of your decisions or what? what is it Um. Can you use motivation to try and enhance your results? and what is the alternative? So I guess somebody could, could define as motivation as it's the reasoning it's the reason that you as an individual try to do something that's going to help you achieve a specific goal. And it's really really simple. if you don't have that motivation, you won't have the energy to do the things that you want to do or that you have to do. So, depending on how strong your motivation is, that can decide your success when it comes to things like a fitness goal or just a lifestyle change. So, say you're, re- you're really overweight and you are, have just had children. Children can be a really, really powerful motivator to get you moving again. Now, they can work the opposite way because they drain you so much energy. Like You put so much effort and energy into looking after them and coping with them. and putting up with their tantrums and changing their nappies and the sleepless nights and trying to feed them and then they want not eat that food. There's all sorts of things. But children can be a really powerful motivator. Another really powerful motivator is just like we said, the summer. bit of better weather, not wearing as many clothes perhaps, um, whether it's swimsuits or whether it's um, swim shorts or whatever. You just want to look your best. Another really powerful motivator that springs to mind is a wedding or an event, an occasion like that. So the amount of brides who will Go to, they'll, they'll go through hell and high water to try and get into the wedding dress, right? That's a really powerful motivator for some people. Some people will come up to Christmas like getting into their favourite dress. Um, Guys trying to get into the football team, trying to get into the rugby team, trying to um, improve their physique to get strong enough, to get big enough, to get heavy enough so that they will be able to be competitive in a team. There's all sorts of motivations and there's all sorts of things that we... Um, have as our, our ideal our, our actual motivation whenever people come in here and I ask them what their goal is they'll often say I want to tone up and then I've actually put this up in the um, the, the sign up form now when it comes to personal training I said what's your actual secret um, goal because that we all have a secret one right we all we all have one that we that we don't want to talk about we don't want to share with anybody and it is in the back of our heads but it's really important for us as trainers to know what those things are because we can remind you of them every now and then, we can tailor your workouts towards getting you closer to those things more specifically. If you just said tone up, that's pretty generic, so we can give you a pretty generic workout. If you say, I want bigger biceps, funnily enough, we can start doing the exercises that are gonna help you achieve that. If you're like, "I I wanna get bigger legs, we're gonna be able to do exercises that are gonna focus mostly on that area. If you're saying I want to lose weight, I want to, I want to um get a thinner waist, we're gonna really focus on nutrition. So there's there's different things um are gonna be, um applicable. So that's why I want to know the specific goal. If you say I want to get in a certain dress, I'm gonna say where's it tight, where's it not fitting, what do we need to do, how can we change that, and that's when we get to the real the heart of it. And that's the, if that's the motivation, it's that, if that's that's the thing that keeps you up at night, if that's the thing you're thinking about last thing at night, um regards to your body composition then we need to know that so we all have maybe an internal motivation we all have an external motivation you know like to tell our colleagues or friends or family whenever we see them oh i'd love to lose weight i'd love to do this you know it's it's quite generic it's quite um it's not very niche and it's not very personal so they can't use it as ammo against you like oh maybe you said you want to do the get into that dress and you never did because why because it hurts right it can hurt you so we don't want to tell people that we don't trust our secret motivation. But as a personal trainer, I really want to know what your motivation is because I want to help you achieve it. I don't want to hold it over you saying, ah, you didn't get there. <laughs> be the worst trainer in the world if that was our attitude. But we want, to, we want to remind you of it to kind of help you stay on target, to stay on the path towards getting there. So another example of like an internal motivation would be um, you hear of like people wanting to get revenge bodies? Have you ever heard of that? So say a guy breaks up with a girl, or a girl breaks up with a guy, and then they want to get in a really, in really, really, really good shape, get a really great physique, so that they can go there, take that to to their ex. So the next time their ex sees them, whether it's online or whether it's um in person, they're gonna be like, oh, I shouldn't have dumped her. Look, look how good she looks. Or, I shouldn't have dumped him. Look how amazing he looks, and. To me it's a really funny motivation, but that's your motivation. Okay, I don't want to say too much, but to me it's a sign that they're still living in your head and that they are holding something over you. And you know, if they've if they've kind of dumped you or got rid of you, then they're not worth a second more of your time in thought or in actual uh, in person. So do it for yourself. Um motivate yourself in ways that are going to be healthy psychologically and that will outwork themselves physically into healthier outcomes and maybe that sounds quite judgmental and you know who am i to tell anybody what their motivation should be but it's just you see people and they, they try to do things to impress their ex or just to say a few to your to their ex but to me maybe maybe that's not the best motivation just, I know, I'm just saying, I'm just looking out for you psychologically. It's probably not the best motivation and probably, it's probably is a waste of your time to even give them another thought. Move on, look ahead and do it for yourself. Do it for for yourself and respect yourself enough to do it for yourself. Think about the next person. Think about who you're going to marry, think about who you're going to end up with and do it for them even. Don't do it for something in the past. But... There's also external motivation, like we said. So it's doing things um for something outside of yourself. So doing doing things like um just you know telling people you you don't mind telling people the generic thing as we said. It's more so that internal that that secret thing. Now you might not say it out loud that you want to get a revenge body. But <laughs> such a funny phrase, but that could be your that can be that can be your sole driver and it can it can really eat, eat you up and destroy you. It can really make you bitter, it can make you hurt. And I've seen it and it's not the healthiest physically and it doesn't end up the healthiest sorry it's not the healthiest mentally and it doesn't end up the healthiest physically either. So there are better ones than that. Now an external one is as well, like we said, doing something, you know, knowing it's it's for your health. Knowing it's it's for something good. Knowing it's to get bigger, get stronger. So it's it's like an external kind of measurable factor, and it's not um, something that's gonna be uh, just intangible. I guess. So, with your internal goal, you know that's kind of the realization, uh, that you're doing. You know, is ultimately for your your greater good. You want to do something that's for your good. Believing that's gonna help you live longer. It's gonna live help you live better. It's gonna help you. Take up hobbies, uh, do hobbies even better. External motivation is usually less sustainable because it is less controllable. So there's lots of factors will will kind of weigh in on that. So this is exactly why you have to rely on an internal motivation, something that is, um, that you believe. So you you can hold on to you can believe in your head and believe that you're gonna be doing something. You know something for your kids, for your grandkids, for your for your wife, for your husband, whoever something that's going to um, and let them enjoy a few more years with you and not end up in hospital prematurely from chronic illness, from fractures, from osteoporosis from all sorts of things that you can reduce the risk of happening to you. So motivation and goal setting are very, very closely linked and sometimes it's easy to confuse the two. I, I do it all the time, probably done it already but do you know what I mean? So if you set yourself a big goal, like, I want to have a 30-inch waist, which would be really, really small for me, but say I want to do that, probably have to get some sort of bones removed or get a bit of bone shaved off my pelvis, but anyway, 30-inch waist, that's a big goal. That's a wide-reaching overarching goal. What are the little mini-goals that I could set to get me to that place from whatever, I'm 34 at the minute, get me from 34 to 30. Um apart from a surgeon. But but what, what am I gonna what's it gonna take? Okay? And that's where you can find motivation. So ticking off those little mini goals, achieving those little mini goals. If say someone okay, forget about me for a second, if say someone is um wears 15 stone, a lady wears fifteen stone and she's about five foot six and she wants to get down to a more moderate kinda ten stone. Right, what does she need to do to make that happen? She might need to think about her diet. So it's going to be a daily process. It's not going to be one day of successful nutrition and then she's going to be there. It's going to take. It's going to be a long process. So it might you might need to set up a little calendar, either on your phone, get an app, or whatever. But each day, try and hit your your calorie target. Try and hit your calorie target Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as well. And Sunday because those are the ones that go missing and same thing again the next week and tick those off. At the end of the month try and make sure that you have more ticks, you've accomplished more of them than you've missed significantly like three-quarters of them. So that now might be another one. Um, What other things? Workouts. Tracking your workouts. Um, achieving things in your workouts. So trying to get a little bit fitter each time. Trying to lift a little bit more weight each time. Try and improve upon it. So in setting those little mini goals underneath your big goal which is to get down to 10 stone, you can get motivation from that, you can find motivation so much easier than if you just go and you know, put up a picture of somebody in a swimsuit that you're like I would love to look like them um, first of all comparisons is a killer it crushes your joy and crushes your um, your self-esteem so probably don't do that But. You can set those little mini goals and that is how you can stay motivated because you want to achieve those and accomplish them. And say say, say you set a goal that's a little bit too big, break it down at an even smaller one. Say you want to be whatever weight by you want to lose whatever amount of pounds per week. Set that up. Um try and aim for it. Say you miss it one week, make it a smaller goal the next week. Okay, so say three pounds, four pounds was too much to go for for one week. Try one or two pounds. Make it sustainable, make it achievable but over the long term over time that is gonna get you to where you want to be that's gonna keep you motivated and it's gonna keep you working hard towards your goal but really this is kind of where discipline comes in this is where it takes discipline so the initial I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up for the gym feeling on the first of January every year eventually that's gonna have to subside for I've I've committed to this process I'm gonna see it through So when it comes to about this time or the end of january end of march whatever february whatever comes later on the year you you're still doing it you're still doing what it takes you're still ticking those boxes because you know what motivation is kind of like a muscle and if your muscle your motivation muscle is tired guess what you're not going to want to do a workout you're not going to want to have to track you're not going to want to track your calories whereas if you can establish discipline you tell yourself, don't give yourself the option not to do it. You just do it. You're going to do it whatever. No matter what comes in your way, you're going to make it a priority. You're going to make it your priority that day. And you're just going to do it, regardless of how you feel. Because as we said before in lots of programs, lots of episodes, feelings are liars. Feelings will tell lies to you all of the time. So that's why discipline is more important. If you just rely on your feelings, and lots of people do, that's how we get out of shape a lot of time, that's how we stop working out, that's how we stop going to the gym, that's how we start eating chocolate every single day and um, eating biscuits and drinking tea, watching Netflix and binge binge watching it. How does that happen? It's because we rely on our feelings, I feel this, I feel that, instead of going, yeah it's cold outside, don't care, need to go to the gym, have to go to the gym, or oh, I don't really feel like, like cooking a good meal, I just phone for a pizza. Again, it's feelings, right? It's feelings and don't let your feelings run you, you should be running your feelings. Don't let your feelings control you, you are in control of your feelings or at least you should be and I should be. So how does discipline work? It's really made out of habits. If you work at it long enough and consistently enough, it becomes a habit and you don't even think about the fact that it is discipline, it's causing you to do it. You just do it. You do it on autopilot. You do it without thinking about it. Um, There is a tendency, I guess, for people to attach meaning to things that give them results. And whenever it comes to your fitness and your well-being and your health, here are some of the things that will make that impact. So the first one is creating a sustainable nutrition plan. Now, your health I hate to say it, well, actually I don't mind saying it, but your health is nothing, it is absolutely nothing without the nutrients that it needs on a day-to-day basis. I don't care how many injections you get, I don't care how many boosters you get, I don't care how many pills you pop, I don't care how, how many things you take. I'm turning to Michael Scott here, <laughs> I don't really, it doesn't matter okay, it doesn't matter how many of those things you take if you aren't giving it the nutrients that it needs, all the minerals and vitamins that it needs, the protein, the carbs, and the fats that it needs on a daily basis. If you do that day over day over day, you could be popping all the pills the pharmaceutical companies can give you. You're still gonna decline in health, and you're still gonna end up in hospital. And you're gonna get more meds, and you're you'll very quickly go down. And that is true, especially if you already have a bunch of chronic illnesses. Sadly, but. At the end of the day, you are responsible for giving your body those nutrients. It's not your mom and your dad. Again, I'm expecting it's not children listening to this. So it's not your mom and your dad. It's not your aunt or your uncle. It's not your husband or your wife. It's not your kids. It's you. You're responsible. Now, I know there's exceptions and all of that. But across the board, it's you. Okay, It's not your doctor. It's not your, um, your physio. It's not your dietitian. You're responsible. It's not the government either, by the way. It's not Boris Johnson. And it's not who I don't even really know who the leaders in Orlando are anymore. But it's not not them, it's you. You're responsible for selecting the foods. I had a conversation the other day actually with a client. He was saying about how you know the food prices are going up. He was at the butchers. Butcher said, "Well, you know what do we do? Like we have to eat, and they're entirely right. We do have to eat, and we have a choice to make now. Cause food food is getting more expensive, but we have a choice to make. Are we gonna fill fill ourselves full of garbage cheap food? or Are we gonna eat?" Proper nutrition. We're gonna eat proper, unprocessed, at least lim- lightly processed foods compared to the high processed, high sugar, high calorie foods that are promoted intensively out there. Like you get a McDonald's at three o'clock. I don't even know what a Big Mac is. Doesn't even know how much it costs. I-, I can't remember the last time I was at McDonald's, but says two pounds, right? You could do that and go. Oh, well, only two pounds. That's a meal. Be better than eating a steak for whatever six, seven, eight pounds. Okay, fine. Guess what? You're going to have to eat more volume of food because you're eating junk, you're eating rubbish, you're not getting proper nutrients, you're not getting vitamins and minerals, you're not getting proper protein, carbs or fat. You're getting junk and you're going to be hungry again very soon. You're also going to get start getting an addiction to it because it might taste good in the moment, but it's going to bring you down the long term. A few hours later you're going to be hungry again you're going to have to eat something else. You're probably going to eat a convenience food because you weren't prepared to be hungry again. Whereas if you ate a good steak, if you had a good piece of salmon, if you had some good chicken, some some potatoes, spinach, cauliflower, beans, peas, broccoli, all those sort of things. If you eat those, that's going to keep you full for much longer. So on, on the short term, it might seem paying £8 or £6 or whatever for a meal if you work it out and do your groceries and that and divide it all up and you realise it costs you this amount compared to a Big Mac, which is £2. It might seem on the on the face value that is better value to get a Big Mac. Your health will stay otherwise. You will be paying more long term. Now you might be saying, oh, sure, the NHS, NHS will pay for it. Guess what? All of those things are going up as well. Because why? Because for decades we've been making ourselves more and more ill we've been feeding ourselves more and more junk which has meant more and more people are dependent upon the NHS which has meant that there's more money has to go into the NHS which puts up all of our all the prices all of the taxes we have to pay national insurance all that sort of thing it's only gonna go one direction and it's only gonna get worse the snowballing effect of the last two years everybody's more obese we know obesity breeds chronic disease, it's the common denominator unfortunately. So we have a decision to make. Are we going to feed ourselves good quality nutrition? Are we going to eat things that are going to be, we can see ourselves eating in 10 years time, in 5 years time. Are we going to do that? Or are we going to just keep junk, junk food eating? Now I don't recommend that you jump on any particular fad diet. If you know me and you've listened for long enough, you know I'm not a fan of fad diets. Whether it's Weight Watchers, Slimming World, <laughs> Keto, um, vegan, carnivore, Atkins, all of those sort of things. Like I could keep going on. That's the unfortunate thing. I could keep naming them, but you know, if you're trying to lose weight and you're trying to get a, a decent, a decent weight, a weight that is not going to be a burden to your body, to your heart, to your, to your li- livelihood, and to your longevity, um. I'm not going to tell you to follow the keto diet, but I'm I'm going to tell you to create a calorie deficit because that is the one thing that you you need, regardless of the diet you select. So say you want to do a fad diet, go knock yourself out. Why will it work? It'll work. If it does, because you're in a calorie deficit, somehow you created a calorie deficit. This is why trainers often tell you, track your calories, track your calories, track your calories, because it's the most scientific way. It's the most reliable way compared to not tracking them. Ultimately the best nutrition plan is the one that you can adhere to and stick to. Now when it comes to health decisions, that is up to you. Uh, it's, not, it's not really up to me. Apart from time to eat whole foods, eat good foods instead of processed crap. You know, maybe you feel great eating little to no carbs. Personally, I could get by just fine. If bread disappeared tomorrow, I'd be just fine. I wouldn't miss it. Um some people can do that, some people are like, I don't need don't need carbs. Great, fine, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to, I'm not going to tell you that you should eat carbs. You you, If you feel like you can go to a carnivore diet and stick to it long term, go for it. Same with vegan. Actually, I can't believe I just said that, but you know what I mean? If you can do these things long term, you can see yourself doing this in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years time. By all means, go for it. But what happens is a lot of time people jump on a fad diet. They get some weight loss very very quickly a lot of times you cut out carbs you're going to lose weight because you're losing water weight you're losing glycogen you're depleting the glycogen store so you're doing a bit of working out you're um, maybe losing salt you're not going to retain as much water as much sodium either if suddenly you've lost a bit of weight very quickly but if you love carbs if you love bread if you love pasta and potatoes you're going to have a big problem very very soon so choose whatever you can stick to and make sure that you're going to give your body all of the essential nutrients that it needs. So your proteins, your fats, your carbs, your vitamins and minerals, and you're getting a diverse range of those. Number two, focus on the right things. And what I mean by that is, the reason that so many people lose motivation and they pack it in, so start in January and then they pack it in in March is because they're focusing on the wrong things when they're doing it, for for example, If you're measuring your fitness based upon how much you weigh in the scales, that can be really detrimental. So if you're working hard in the gym, and I see clients do this all the time, they work hard in the gym, they train hard, put in the effort, they're given 110%, I have no doubt about that. And then they go home and look at the scales, and the scales haven't budged, they haven't gone down, maybe they've gone up even a pound. And then they're like, oh, this isn't working. Exercise doesn't work. Exercise is a waste of time. So these are the lies that they start telling themselves in their heads because they think that workouts are linked to your scale weight i've even gone as far to tell clients before that exercise is the worst way to lose weight and it's not the worst like there are stupider things you could do i mean you could just like not exercise that'd be pretty stupid but nutrition it really is nutrition it's it's easier to manage your calories than it is to burn burn calories okay so it's easier to limit your calories than it is to burn calories in the gym a funny statistic and people do a double take whenever i tell them this statistic is you burn more calories outside of the gym than you do in the gym. So the 23 hours you're not in the gym training, you you will burn more calories than the one hour. No matter how tough a session it was, you will burn more calories outside the gym. Sounds crazy, right? I promise you it's true. And it's true for everybody. So the scale weight, um, it's probably the... St- the single most dangerous tool that can really ruin your day, ruin your mood and make you think you're not progressing. Especially for women because it will fluctuate. I've said all these, all these things before but just a refresher. If you're tracking your weight, you need to make sure that you're also tracking things like your mood, your energy levels, how you look, how your clothes fit, how you, you, know, how you sleep um, and your performance in the gym as well. Or if you're training outside the gym, your performance outside the gym as well. So, your mood, how's your mood? If you're cutting out carbs, a lot of people really struggle with mood and get really grouchy and really angry, get carb deprived, they get so annoyed. Um, energy levels can take a whack. If you're, say, you go keto and you're trying to get into ketosis, your energy levels can take a bit of a whack and get headaches and things. Say you're really undernourishing yourself and not getting enough calories, then your energy levels can be way too low. Say maybe you're, maybe you're not sleeping well either. And it's how you look you start looking gaunt if you start looking like you've you know just come out of a pow camp that's a problem what about how your clothes fit are your clothes getting looser around the waist if that's happening and the weight's not coming down why worry okay if your body changes shape but you stay the same weight would you be happy with that result what about your sleep are you sleeping better Are are they are the workouts helping you sleep better are you getting better rest because sleep is so important for optimal health what about your athletic performance? What about your strength performance in the gym? You know, are you are you are your weights going down? Are you not able to lift as much now as whenever you started? Because if that's happening, it probably means you're depriving yourself of calories, you're not eating enough. Or are you getting fitter? Are you getting faster? Are you getting stronger? So doing all of these things, looking at all of these things under the microscope can really help set goals outside of the scale weight alone. Don't just focus on the scale weight. Yes, it's one metric you can use, but don't focus on it alone. Otherwise, it will crush your motivation. It'll crush maybe even your discipline as well because you'll think you'll suddenly associate that with success and the only measurement of success. So in doing all this, you will find other aspects to give meaning to and thus increase your motivation over the long term. It's the long haul. It's thinking of the big picture and thinking what it's going to do for your health, what it's going to do for your life your lifestyle so number three focus on discipline you know many people will describe what they're doing you know going to the gym or trying to get in shape or going a bit of a health kick they'll describe it as a fitness journey which is you know, a bit of a nice name I guess if you're into that sort of thing some people describe it as a bit dosy, but whatever Um the problem with the calling it a fitness journey sometimes is that journeys tend to have a destination journeys have a start and have a destination, have a start and an end date, and if you think of it as a journey, so you think of it as a 12, that's why I'm not a fan of transformations, you see these things online all the time, 12 week transformation contest, 6 weeks transformation, 8 weeks, whatever, and it can be, I know know the argument that says, well I can get people going, and I can, I agree, but the problem is for a lot of people, 90% of them, plus it'll be 12 weeks and that's it. There'll be 12 weeks of hard intensive training and dieting and cutting calories and then what? they put it all back on again. they get a six pack if you're a guy probably. And then six months later, six weeks later, 12 weeks later, they'll put it all back on again. And they'll be even more annoyed because they realise how hard they worked in those 12 or 6 weeks to get into shape. And that's a bit of a problem. It's a bad cycle to get into. It's a bad mindset and a mentality to get into. It's not a healthy or helpful one. And that's why I'm not a fan of it. But rather than think of it as a journey. Just think of it as a lifestyle. Think of it as something that you start. And you keep going. You might tweak it as you go. You might um, make adjustments. Your motivations might change. How disciplined you are might change. Um, maybe you'll ease off on some things. And you'll pick up something else. But. Like if once you've achieved your fitness goal, you won't you won't have to do anything for the rest of your life to maintain it. As if that was the case. The harsh reality is it's it's anything but that. Training and nutrition are the habits that you, you want to develop to take care of your body and increase your overall quality of life. So you you can avoid having to go on medications. You can avoid things like um osteoporosis and osteoarthritis. You should not require motivation to do those things, but instead, it's a necessity. Do you require motivation to brush your teeth? (laughs) Hopefully not. I've used that one before, but do you require motivation to get in the shower? Is that motivation or is that just discipline? It's just something you have to do. I'm not the biggest fan, like, you know, brushing my teeth. Like, I, I certainly don't rely on motivation. Otherwise, my teeth would never get brushed. I don't, I don't rely on motivation to get in the shower either. I, I would never wash. I'd be stinking all the time. Hopefully that's you as well. Hopefully you don't boo. Oh, right, come on, I can do this. I can do this. Let's go before you get out of the shower. Hopefully you just get in, have a bit of a scrub and get out again. You should not require motivation to do these things, but like we said, develop them as a habit. Just do them. Don't overthink it. Don't give yourself the option not to do it. This is the only way to maximise long-term success and to... Develop a, a life that you're gonna be able to enjoy for longer and better. And when it comes to the case of sharing and brushing your teeth, you're gonna have more friends stick around as well. That's always a benefit. Okay, you've probably missed this. It's joke of the week time. So since I've been away, I adopted two dogs and I called them Rolex and Timex. So, they're gonna be my watchdogs. No, you haven't missed them, have you? <laughs> Got time for a quick Q&A. There's one partic- particular question, and it's a question that I guess springs up quite regularly in sessions with clients and class members. And the question is, can I expect to go up in my weights that I'm lifting every single session? And the answer is yes, generally. Yes, for a very long time at least. Until you become an experienced lifter, like you're no longer a novice lifter, like you've been training for several years, you, you should expect and you can expect to go up in weight every single session um, now some people to a lesser degree some people to a greater degree some people will will have to switch to going up and weight and um, once per week sooner some people will have to switch to that option a little bit later but for the vast majority of people yes you should be you should keep training especially if you're not trained in the slightest if you're going from completely no, complete non-lifter to lifting you should be going up in weight every session if you're training three times a week so you want to train regularly and even even if you're a bit older even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s and above you should still be expecting to go up and wait if you're not able to go up and wait it indicates a number of things and we've discussed them probably before not eating enough not sleeping enough not leaving enough time between um, sessions not resting enough minutes in between sets not warming up properly and poor technique and Maybe starting at a weight that was too heavy for you initially. Maybe you're taking too big jumps. Maybe you're putting too much weight on the bar. So instead of you know, going up 2.5 kilos for your squat or your deadlift, you're going up 5 or 10 kilos, which is too much. You might get away with it for a couple of sessions, but after a while you'll have to bring it down a bit. But you're applying a stress to your body every time you do some training with weights. You want to apply an appropriate stress. You want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for the next session in a couple of days' time. So clients sometimes get surprised, like, am I going up and wait again today? And I'm like, yep, (laughs) because the, the, the session they did a couple of days ago has meant that they have enough capacity to go up and wait this time. And if they're not going up and wait, what are you doing? You're kind of wasting your time and you're not getting as much out of it as you possibly could. Maybe it a bit strong, but yeah, you're not getting as much out of it as you possibly could. So that is the answer to that question. After a couple of years' time, after nine months, a year, two years, yes, you might need to switch up your programme and you mightn't be able to expect to go up every session. You might be going up um, every week. You might still be able to go up that often, but yes, for novices, for people who aren't very strong, we, <laughs> include myself in that, we should be able to ex- expect to go up and wait every single session. For upper body, lesser. Lower body movements, deadlift and squat, um, a greater amount. your press, overhead press, and your bench press, maybe a kilo, maybe even half a kilo. You might be micro loading it. Uh, it's also important to use the same sort of plates that you were using previously because weights do d- differ to some extent, and that will bring itself out. That will show itself whenever you try to lift things. Um, which are finer margins of error, like the bench press and the overhead press. So even if it says 10 kilos on the, on the plate, or if it says 5 kilos on the plate, it might not be exactly that weight. That might sound shocking to, to you, but it is true. So, a bit of a long-winded answer to this question, but hopefully that will raise your expectation levels of what you can expect from yourself at the gym. If you have any questions, do, do ask them. Send them in to me on social media, whether it's on Instagram, the DMs, whether it's on Facebook messages, whether it's a text message, and email to info at uk. I would love to help you. I would love to answer it and give you my two cents on it, as you know. Okay, that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. And it's good to be back. It's good to be able to chat about these sort of things again. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks and months, we'll have a few guests lined up. I need to get my finger out and uh, fire a few invites for people to come on and have a bit of a chat and to introduce you to some great people that I know both online and in person. So have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Wrap up warm. Winter is back. See you next week. we we'll